and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. And I'm Elite Lady Six. I'm joined as ever by Nerd Bomber and Tactic. We are wishing all of you a happy November. Remember, remember the month. No, the fifth of. Is it the fifth of November? Do we know this? Does it, do, we, do either of you guys know this? Because I always. It's the gunpowder plot. I know that. Remember November. No, wait. What? Hold on. Remember, Brain. remember <laughs> the fifth. It's the fifth of November, I think. The treason and gunpowder plot. Something, 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 something should never be forgot. And I, it's ironic because I forgot that part. You get the thing. gist. It's it's like it, it's, rain. It's, November. <laughs> <laughs> it's like rain on your wedding day. It's a free ride when you're already late. I know that whole song. I'll never forget that because Atlantis is my gale. It's uh, November. As we record this, Halloween has not yet happened. But when you listen to this, Halloween will be over. So we're kind of in a weird nebulous region of time and space. I will say... And, you know, this is a good, as good a form as any. I have a bone to pick with my wife. That's just, how about I just come in guns blazing in this podcast? Usually when I record, she's in the house and she can hear what I'm saying. She's out of the house. So I'm about to, I'm about to dunk on my wife for a second. Okay, first of all, will you guys allow that? I mean, we aren't marriage counselors, so I would uh, be concerned, but. I'm not, I'm not dunking on her, but I, she, she, she's playing out a masterful strategy that I do not appreciate. So. This year, for the first time in a while, due to various circumstances, we're going to be at our house and around for trick-or-treaters. Okay, And, like, handing out candy, doing that whole deal. So I'm like, when you're at the grocery store, could you get some candy? She was like, yes. Which, first of all, that's great about her. Love that about her. Love her, first of all. She gets candy. She specifically chose a candy that I would not want to eat so that I would not eat it. And she did a really good job, and I I hate her for that. What is that's it? that's for this so um you know laffy taffy yeah shout, shout out to laffy taffy not a fan she got a like a multi-pack it's like laffy taffy the little boxes of nerds and the trolley bright crawler they're like mini packs oh, of trolley the bright ones. crawlers well the trolleys are good and i've rooted through the multi-pack and i've eaten all the trolleys and now all that's left for the children are the nerds and the laffy taffy and i would eat i would love to eat more candy but i can't because i don't like either of those things you could so, wait you couldn't hold it until after tuesday i don't have self-control okay when it comes to candy and in particular fruity chewy candy all bets are off so that's the bone to pick with with my wife and i can consider the bone picked at this point i just wanted to bring that up i i don't know if it's a strategy that is commonly employed by wives out there there may be some listeners who have done that to their husbands or husbands who've done that to their wives see we intentionally get things that we really enjoy so that when we don't if we when and if we don't get depleted we have all this delicious, well, that's the delicious thing. candy i'm wondering like what if like because we've never been in our current house we've never had trick-or-treaters or we've never like catered to trick-or-treaters i think but there may be there like two, two kids what, yeah what but we're always doing? out at we're always out at halloween we like go to a friend's house it's the whole thing but this year, I'm wondering if there's going to be, like, two kids, and then we have all this crappy candy that I don't want, and, like, then what? So what you do we did do? this to yourself. If you had self-control, she would have pivoted and gotten the good stuff. But because you're an animal, this is... It's you, possible that that's You true. ever hear this thing? I won't rule that you out. dug your grave, now sleep in it. Or no, you've made that's your bed, not, now sleep in it. Yeah, it's definitely don't... Don't sleep in graves. That that first version was was made up, but other I, yeah, you, you made your bed now you have to lie in it. That's that's it. That's an expression, and that's I guess what I'm currently doing. So that's yeah, that's what's going on with me, and I just I kind of wanted to air that dirty laundry with all of you, and I hope it was hope it was enjoyable for the listeners. It was dirty. 
It was so dirty. We we have we've got some movie movie news to discuss today. We have a new trailer that came out for the latest David Fincher movie, who I think has been off the scene for a while. I, I could be wrong about that, but he's coming back in a big way. We're going to talk through that trailer. We're going to be talking about Snow White, the, the latest live action Disney remake, which I'm sure I will either not watch or hate, but we'll get to that. And then the biggest, the big kahuna, if I may, the Xbox partner, Xbox partner preview. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yes, sir. Xbox uh, had an event where they debuted a bunch of trailers and announcements from their third-party partners. We're going to talk through a bunch of those, got a list of trailers, gameplay footage, things like that that we'll go through. Before we get to that, though, and I'm really riffing now, but I want to make a public service announcement. I haven't done this in a while, but I ate something in the past week that is commonly available at restaurants that I think is often overlooked. And I just want to shout out Club Sandwiches. Is Is this an okay place to do that? First of all, where are you two at on Club Sandwiches? The sandwich. It's like who's who's against club sandwiches? Yeah, is I there think, well, so, is there a movement against club sandwiches that I'm not aware of? I am against club sandwiches, but I'm coming out for what? club sandwiches. So when, okay, so when I go to a restaurant, let me explain. When I go to a restaurant, what I tend to want is something that I could not make myself. Now I could make a club sandwich myself, and I, in fact, I could do so very easily. However, I think I've been discounting the X factor that is common in restaurant foods where things taste better that you didn't make yourself. And also club sandwiches, there, there's, there's, I don't know, I, I want to talk through the je ne sais quoi of club sandwiches. What makes restaurant club sandwiches better than a club sandwich you could make yourself? Because like, I bet if I made a club sandwich myself, it would suck. They're not soggy. They're refreshing. They usually have a better like sauce on it. I don't know. Everything is just better. I had it on sourdough, which I think is another critical element. Because sourdough is not a bread that I'm going to go out and buy myself, which maybe that's, that's something I need to to amend i think there are probably a lot of people like me and that's why i wanted to bring this up i think there are people who go to restaurants and they're like i'm not gonna get the club sandwich like i'm gonna get something you know i don't know more interesting the club sandwich is satisfying and it can be plenty interesting so when you go to a restaurant next time you go to a restaurant especially if you're there for lunch get the club sandwich i think you might be surprised with how satisfying it is i feel like this is a psa that most people already know though i feel like this is a new revelation for you but club sandwiches slap we could frame it as that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bit, and you guys you guys know this about me, I think. I, I tend to be a little bit shuddered in terms of trying new things and also just like culinary worldliness. I'm behind on that. And granted, I wouldn't call a club sandwich a worldly food item. But yeah, I've just been, I've kind of been keeping myself away from that and I'm, I'm all the worse for it. So I want to make sure that no one else out there, well, you're probably right that most people know this, but I want to spread the good word nonetheless. So we can consider the good word spread and we can, we can move on to our main topic, which is the Xbox partner preview. Now, a lot of stuff to go through here. Worth noting that I think we're in different camps, two of you in one camp and myself in another. I have no, in a lot of ways, I have no horse in this race. For a lot of these games, I have no shot at them. I don't know if that's true. I think because these are just Xbox partner games, I think a lot of these games will be coming to all consoles eventually at some point. It's also like a bunch of Game Pass talk, which, you know, good for the Game Passers. I'm not like, I'm not, that's made me sound bitter and I'm not. I'm just, there are certain things I watch where I'm like, okay, this doesn't affect me. There are certain things I watch that definitely do. and We'll get to those. We'll kind of try and go in order here. I, you know, I, I'm going to try to go in like most important to least important, but that's as it often is a matter of opinion. So we'll delve into that as well. But what is your guys' Metal Gear Solid experience like? Because my Metal Gear Solid experience is zero. Mine starts and stops at Smash. Okay, that, that, that's. I think that's also probably a fairly common 
touch point for people who especially people who haven't played any of the metal gear solid games like i watched this so we got, we got a first in-engine look at metal gear solid i think it's metal gear solid delta it's literally the delta symbol so i'm just gonna say it like that uh snake eater now this is for all intents and purposes a remaster powered by unreal engine 5 it's very it's graphically impressive there's no doubt about that it was a very jarring compilation of footage for me i don't know if you guys had this experience where they're like here's a beautifully rendered crocodile okay here's some gameplay here's a beautifully rendered heron standing majestically in a body of still water here's a guy killing another guy like it was just it's and i don't know if that's how the games are again i might i don't have many points of reference with metal gear solid it looks like a game i would enjoy it looks like it has a lot of elements of games i've enjoyed otherwise and like i said it looked super super impressive is this the kind of thing that you guys sounds like having the same level of metal gear experience as me or thereabouts is this an entry point or a potential entry point for you guys because i think it could be for me for me i don't think so as much as I do like stealth games, something about the entire Metal Gear Solid series, and people will probably come at me for saying this, something about it feels super off. For this like relatively serious, stoic character, stealth, you know, assassination combat style game, the juxtaposition with the score in these games and some of the just like the wacky, wacky shit That's that I've true. seen happen in these games, like I just... I, I can't kind of straddle the line. I either have to be playing a game that takes itself seriously or isn't taking itself seriously at all. And this is a weird blend of both. And as such, I don't think this is for me. I'm I'm glad you made that point for, for about the score, first of all, because I t- totally agree on that point. I, I believe there's at least one other game we're going to get to that has the same problem. Like there are, to me, a game should take itself seriously or not, and it shouldn't try to do both. And... I that's I, I mean Metal Gear Solid's been around for a long time, so it, I guess it doesn't fit. But like, see, I, I think there's a I lot of games these nailed, days that I think they nailed that that towing the line of balls beautifully. I disagree with you guys, but the the only reason why I'm not on board with this is when I like stealth games, I like them to be more of a fantasy stealth than a, just a tactical stealth. It just it just makes it less of a one trick pony feeling for me stealth tends to be a challenge for me i think i've talked on the podcast about my splinter cell experience before and like splinter cell it's a good example i I think splinter cell leans very hard into the stealth combat and it takes itself very seriously this is doing splinter cell-y things but in a i don't want to say in a reverent way but the tone is simply not the same and in a lot of ways it seems like the tone doesn't quite fit so i I get what you're saying nerd bomber but again like graphically speaking this is pretty bleeding edge stuff oh yeah for sure so that was that alone was impressive to see and this this was you know a bit of it was, again it was disjointed footage it wasn't a traditional trailer it wasn't even a traditional gameplay trailer it was just hey we have this engine working here's what it looks like and you know people who are familiar with the franchise are going to see things that they've seen before with less good rendering and it's probably going to make them really excited so that was maybe the highest profile thing this this was also this partner preview took place last week so another thing we got was the alan wake 2 launch trailer now obviously for me this is a big deal like like, and i I guess i shouldn't say obviously i'm as i think i mentioned last week currently playing through the alan wake remaster i have gotten a little bit further with it since last week i haven't played much but i've gotten a little bit further alan wake 2 is for sure going to be a buy for me it's just a matter of when the reviews for alan wake 2 by the way you know as we're recording this it has since come out came out october 27th pretty sterling across the board reviews for this game so 
definitely going to be a buy. I mean, it looks we scary didn't see, though. Did you notice that? It, oh, it looks extremely scary. Like we're, we're, this, and there's another game we're going to talk about later. I think the other game actually was scarier than this one. But this, you know, it's it's supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be very ethereal. It's hitting very specific beats in a very powerful way. It's clearly. The, even the trailer is very clearly crafted to evoke what it wants to evoke. Like I, I, I just think that it's when I when I heard that the reviews for this game were so positive, I wasn't super surprised because what they're doing seems to be very deliberate. And yeah, I mean, n- nothing that we saw here was, I would say, particularly different than what people were expecting. Or I will you know, say that lady at the end, the like mirrored lady, I guess you'll call her. She just seemed annoying. That was I didn't. I didn't that was terrifying. I don't like that. So, like, I'm somebody who I've really enjoyed Remedy games. And, like, I think Alan Wake obviously was a cult classic for a reason. But then, like, Quantum Break came out. I was kind of, like, mid-reviews. And obviously then Control came out to glowing reviews. And I feel like Remedy is a studio that's been, like, slowly but surely nailing their gameplay and, like, really honing in on what they do well and making their games kind of revolve around that. And I'm a little bit sad that this looks so scary. Like, that lady creeped me out and like the potential for jump scares and stuff like that i don't think that this is a game i would be able to get through and it makes me really sad because it looks well, good but i just don't think like maybe if tactic played it i could sit and watch but i don't think i could play it myself because you guys know me if there's any jump scare possibility in a game i will crawl through it i will be so scared of a potential jump scare that i will be like inching forward my character within the game and it will take me forever to play it and eventually i'll just tap out see i didn't actually get super jump scary vibes i got honestly more quick time events vibes than i did jump scare so this doesn't seem no dude i would like cross like round a corner and see creepy mirror old lady and freak out fine she's fine but i i also think that they were milking the the fight scene a little bit because if you notice they waited till the very end to hit the headshot and I think they did that so that you can like really kind of see all of the elements of a battle. And I bet you those fights are probably half the time in like actual playing. Assuming you don't suck. I'm hitting headshots all day. Speaking to my current experience with it, like I, I so I would agree with what you said, Tactic. Like I, I actually think hang on, I haven't gotten super far. I think I'm like two episodes in, but like the the jump scares while there are kept to a minimum and it's much more designed to keep you on edge and keep you uneasy at all times yeah it seems it seems more like the 80s horror vibe where it's just the uh yeah the feeling of unease so i think i think we could play this and the combat itself what i will say too i I assume the combat is going to carry over and there may be elements coming in the remaster that i haven't gotten to yet but like the combat is extremely basic there it's the barrier to entry is very low in this game it's designed to be I don't want to say a cinematic experience, but it's very story driven. It's and, and I, I will also say the genetic the genetic code that this game and control share is very readily apparent. So, if you liked control, you know, and which I believe you did, Nerd Bomber, like I I think there's I think there's room for you here, you know, and and I don't know that it's too scary. You know, I, and again, we'll, we'll jump ahead to this game in a second. There was another game in here that I thought looked scarier. I just think the production value of this game looks incredibly high and i think it's going to benefit greatly from from that you know obviously again alan wake 2 this is one that i think at this point you've probably if you're listening to this you've probably decided whether you're going to play it or not but but that's that's the thing why it's what's worth mentioning is if you're anti-scary games 
I think you should give this this one a chance. I think you you shouldn't you shouldn't count your ducks just yet, and really just try, just just try it because I think I think it might bring a lot more people into the genre, the the quote unquote horror genre. Yeah, it's definitely designed. It's focused more on storytelling than on scaring you. But like, I would I would say Dead Space is focused more on scaring you. Like Dead Space, I think has a great story, but it's focused more on scaring you. Alan Wake so far, and I assume Alan Wake too. It's more focused on the story about what's happening to the characters and uh, to to its credit, I would say. So I, I I agree. I think this this is one that Nerd Bomber you should you should consider a little bit more carefully. But you know, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'm going to jump ahead. You know, I, there's other maybe bigger games, but just kind of staying in the spooky vein still wakes the deep. This is the one, you know, I thought this looked a lot scarier. And, and you know, this is from the Chinese room. This is, I think, the people that were involved in Amnesia or one of the recent Amnesia renditions. For all intents and purposes, gameplay wise, what we saw, this looks like a walking simulator. But obviously, it's one that looks unsettling at, at best and like straight up terrifying at worst. <laughs> this is one that... I would say you should stay away from Nerd Bomber. I literally, when we were watching this, when this came on, I looked over a tactic and I was like, this is some illegal shit. Yeah, this one yeah, does this is look to just scare you. like it'll just, yeah, try to scare you. And I don't, and honestly, it didn't look like it would have anything more than just, bah, 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 bah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's that part where you, you're crawling around in the water and you can hear stuff, but you can't see it. I mean, that's not a jump scare. That's, that's prolonged. You know, at the end, there's a quote unquote jump scare moment to it, but it's prolonged just like those games. And I, I've played Amnesia like they just try to make you frantic. That's I, I don't know that Alan Wake is ever doing that, but still wakes the deep in Amnesia like those games. I'm sure they're just trying to make you like, OK, I got to get through this. I have to crawl through this water so I can get out of here. And like the faster I do it, the more likely I am to survive. And it's just, you know, it's almost trying to make you panic. And it looks like it's going to do that very well. Like, I love the idea of an oil rig as a setting for a game like this i think that's going to play really well and again gameplay wise this looks like a walking simulator so i'd hope this isn't something that i have to like pay 70 dollars for but it looks like something that i'm going to be interested in so that was another one i I wanted to to make some mention of but continuing down the list now it says we got some gameplay footage for arc survival ascended i watched the launch trailer i don't know if that's what was that was what they meant here if you don't know anything about arc survival ascended just think combat on dinosaurs in the future no 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 no, no? okay I, that, that, that's what i took away from it it's but... basically arc with mods um if you don't know what arc is just think it's a survival game you start with nothing gather resources eventually you you can start start to build up to build you know pens and bait and trap things and then you can domesticate creatures and that's why the the images of you riding dinosaurs is because ultimately you train them domesticate them and you have them as a tool i've kind of always had a bone to pick with arc i think it's a fantastic game but it's not one of those games that you can play alone you you absolutely need friends otherwise it's just you're just getting destroyed by the freaking pythons day in day out and it's just not fun so if you have a group of friends that you can play with, this does look absolutely amazing. But if you're like me that doesn't like to schedule his his gameplay time around other people, just just keep going. Just fast forward. Yeah, I, this is not one that I'm like immediately thinking I'm going to be involved in. Um, and in fact, I did not really know that it was part of a series. I don't know that it's it's my kind of experience. Uh, this for what's worth, this is another Unreal Engine five situation. So again, it looked graphically, it looked very good. Just. I don't know, you know, it almost struck me too a little bit as like, 
a little bit like Horizon, but taking all the interesting stuff out of it. I, I just, it, it wasn't looking super for me, but hey, that's just one man's opinion. Moving on to the most gonzo one, I would say. The most kooky one. Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. This this trailer lost me like 30 seconds in, and it was almost four minutes. This is another example, I think, of what we were talking about before. This is a game that's like Yakuza. You're fighting people. But what if also you rode a dolphin to an island and it was The Sims? Like, I, I didn't... Well, this is basically I didn't a spinoff of the Yakuza IP to, to basically have an Animal Crossing type farm village simulator. But within... This is like that but within another game like a dragon yeah and it's, it's a side activity yeah and like it seems like they just they really wanted Stay to make lane. a yakuza version of animal crossing and i'm sure a lot of people who are really into that ip are going to love this because i feel like there's a decent amount of crossover between people who like that franchise and people who like animal crossing but it also begs the question like do you know when a developer tries to get out of their wheelhouse and tries to do too much and they don't end up then doing anything well. I feel like leave Animal Crossing to the Animal Crossing team and stick with what yeah. you know. Stay I feel like it, it like, can't like, be that good. I don't know. I hear what you're saying, but like, I don't, no one asked for this. That's what, when, I, when I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, this might be fine, but why? You know, I just, I don't really, I don't really understand. So I don't, I don't know that we need to dwell too much on this one. It just looked super kooky and weird. And then we got Manor Lords, which Age of Empires-ish is kind of what I took away from this, which again, is not my, not my type of game. But the main news here was that it was coming to PC Game Pass on April 26th of 2024. So if you're into like, I don't know, building settlements and like telling colonists to do stuff and like telling knights to do stuff and like conquering territory, this may be the ticket for you. Is it the ticket for either of you guys is my question. Because uh, like I said, it's really not for me. This is not my jam. Yeah, this this genre feels like it's just become very repetitive over the years. And they're, they're all yeah, kind of the same to me. To some extent, RTS is, is RTS. And it's it's I'm not sure it's ever going to change much. I think that's, I think it's a, that's a good point. But kind of continuing right along to, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Ikaro will not die. This was a minute long. This looked interesting, but we didn't get much. This was interesting in, in how they like bragged about the studio. When they said, from the people that brought you Power Washing Simulator, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like I obviously a big genre this. jump here for them. But I mean, it looked cool, I think. It was giving Ghost Runner vibes, but like from a different perspective. And I was here for it. Yeah, it looks, it looks free runny. Lightning paced action adventure with roguelite elements. I mean, I don't know how they know about the roguelite elements because that was not, I didn't think that was something we had seen in the trailer, but I think we're going to hear more about this one that's going to further guide whether or not I'm actually interested in it. But it, it this was just kind of supposed to be the tease. This was a minute long. A lot of it was just like text. We didn't even see any gameplay. So not a whole lot to be said about it, but indie game that we'll know more about soon, I guess is where we'll leave it. If you see a game like that or a game like you know, a game like Still Wakes a Deep or Alan Wake or any of these games, and you're intimidated and you're feeling like things are too intense, you just need to chill. How about Spirit of the North 2? Dude, a this... fox and a bird have a, a chill time. That's, that's, that's the gist of this, right? I, mean, I have seen Spirit of the North, not even specifically, like I know this is the Xbox Partner Showcase, but I've seen Spirit of the North on sale on the Switch store all the time. And I keep thinking to myself, I should pick that up. And then I never do because I'm like, oh, you guys know me. Cute animals. I'm usually sold. And like it has been as cheap, I think, as like five dollars. I might be wrong. But like I've definitely seen it for fairly cheap. And I'm like, oh, I should 
played that sometime. And now there's a second one, so I feel like I should play that sometime. You should play that sometime. I don't know that this is going to be fast moving enough for me, but I, I've been proving proven wrong about that before. And, you know, well, you I believe Switch, like, Switch sales are amazing. This game is supposed to be more like puzzle oriented. Like it's not necessarily supposed to be fast paced, but there's a lot of like puzzles that you have to figure out to progress in the game. Yeah, which is kind of what I would expect. It's based on the, the overall vibe. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of games like this. I'm trying to remember the name of the game that I played that is similar to this. That it's just, it's it's very ambiance driven. It's designed to put you in a in a pleasant mental space where you can still solve puzzles and like engage yourself, but it's not it's not taxing you, right? And I think there's there's a lot of space for that in games right now where there's like, and even the games we're going to get to after this game, there's so many games that are like, bing, bang, boom. You have to be, mentally sharp and on to play it and like there's something to be said about that and this is like kind of a bigger meta point but like these days when i go to play a video game it's like after i've worked for a full day and sometimes i'm like man like even there was one day last week where i was like i could play alan wake right now but like do i want that in my life and you know spirit of the north might be the kind of game where i'm like i need to unwind so i'm going to do that with this and that's a that's a good thing no release date for that coming soon just something that we you know we should mention robocop rogue city i've talked about this before no one cares <laughs> it's like it seems yeah and i'm glad you say that because like a yes i don't care and b it seems like they think people care like is that is that a fair assessment it seems they this is like i feel like it's being billed as like they're like we're a triple a title and i'm like are you are you because like i don't care about this well, i feel like this is being shoved down our throat like that sounds terrible but like i feel like i've seen more from this game that i've ever needed or wanted to see in my life like i think the first few times i saw anything about this game i was just like i am good here i I made up my mind and now i continue to have to see more and i'm very confused it looks bad like like, i I think the main and i was trying to put my finger on it because i've watched footage of this game before and i was like this looks bad but I, i don't even know if i know why for sure i think i figured out the main reason it looks bad and i haven't seen robocop by the way i haven't seen the movie like people who've seen the movie might be like crazy excited for this he's a he's a robocop and one of the trademark things about him it would seem is that he walks like frankenstein and moves like frankenstein and doesn't move any faster than like frankenstein a very plodding just clomp 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 nowhere in any of the footage i've seen does he move faster than a clomp 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 and that's bad like i honestly think that may be a huge part of why i watch this and i'm like not at all excited by it it looks I've thrown always, together i think it, just it doesn't can look good. do well but i think the whole like ip needs to be like revamped it's a game the other thing i thought about it while i was watching this trailer specifically i'm like this should be one of those games you know when you go to like an arcade and they have the gun there and like they have like up to two guns like the pistols you pick up and they like it's like shooting gallery games where you put a couple quarters in yeah you're take not you to a room, all a bunch of criminals exactly like this should have been one of those it does not need to be a full console game it doesn't look like there's enough there to justify that but uh, maybe i'm being too hard on this like some at ow illegal 86 on on twitter like prove me wrong why should i care about this at ow nerd bomber at ow tactic our main show account at online warriors one what's the dealio explain it to me maybe maybe i'm just not enough of a paul verhoeven guy i don't know but this looked like a, a miss to me on the flip side, Dungeons of Hinterburg. What I'll say right now is interesting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I want to know more. I, I like. First of all, I love the art style. Second of all, I appreciate games that are 
attempt and granted i don't go in for games like these very much but i'm interested in getting involved in a game that in a very sims like way places a high premium on social interaction yeah like oh you became you -hmm. you became an acquaintance with this person here's a reward for doing so yeah that was really interesting i think that's cool it had the combat side of things and lets you like hone your craft but in order to get upgrades and things like that you have to socialize and it was kind of like a like a nice combination between like you said the the sims side of it as well as the combat side of it and i think they they did a really good job balancing that out yeah if anything the combat looked secondary and like i don't think that's a bad thing again in in a kind of less so but like similar to like spirit of the north it's like hey what if a game was you know had an experience that was not focused on go 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 all the time and also had a really cool art style like i just i I think this one looks like it could potentially be interesting. Arise on Xbox Series XS with Game Pass in 2024. I don't know if we know anything more specific than that, but that was one I was definitely interested in. Finally, wrapping things up, the finals. Open beta trailer, we got that. Closed beta kicks off on October 26th. Uh, that's already it's already happened. Free to play. The big thing here is destructible environments. That's, that's It's basically like a, what's the term? Battle Royale yeah, is what it looked like. Sort of. Sort of. It's team-based, you know. This is this is one of those games, and a lot of games are doing this lately. I can't think of other titles at the, t- at the top of my head, like at the moment. But like games that are focused on kind of gamifying the the current online influencer experience. Like these are these are gamers. The characters in this game are gamers who are competing. Like I don't know how I feel about that whole thing. They're also really leaning into aside. like the esport aspect where they have. And I couldn't yes, tell exactly. are the announcers actually in the game announcing as the game is going? Because there was another game I can't remember what the name of it was. It may have already even come out and just flopped. But there was a game that actually had like esport announcers in the background as you played. And I feel like a lot of games have tried to do that and have tried to like overtly say, "Hey, we're trying to be the next esport." And like this is going to sound terrible yeah. and maybe like very dumb. But it almost feels like the next big quote unquote esport game is always something that isn't pushed down people's throats. Like it happens a little bit more organically. Like Fortnite, obviously, well, yeah. like these games come out with the intent to be a multiplayer game. But like Fortnite blew up and it wasn't this like overt decision to make it an esport. It just blew up. And same with Overwatch. Like Overwatch came out primarily initially as just a hero based arena shooter multiplayer game. And so many people adopted it. Like, obviously, yes, it had a big budget and whatnot. But, like, that's what should be driving the well, eSport, right. not just having an announcer overlay saying, hey, this is an eSport. Because I was going to say, like, to me, the canonical example is PUBG. Like, I've never played PUBG, but, like, especially in the early going of PUBG, didn't it, like, kind of look and play, like, a little janky? But, like, yep. it just happened to be a game that people were like, this is going to be a new, like, quote-unquote esport game, like a battle royale game that people are going to care about. And that vaulted it into cultural relevance. But nothing about the game itself, I feel like, really did that. And I, I agree that I think that's a, a critical component to all this. And when games like the finals come and they're going to, and they say, like, we're going to be the next that in some way or another, it it rings a little, a little false. Like, I, I don't think anything about this looked bad. It looked like, again, a lot. Destructible environments are cool. Like, some of the gameplay they they showcase like things you can do within this virtual environment like team versus team combat and how to expose other teams and like blow up a floor so that they all drop down and then you shoot yeah, them. that was like, really cool you know, it's really cool but it i, I don't know no, nothing about this screamed like i need to play this 
it felt very commercialized <laughs> on the surface and i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm just trying too hard to see through it but it sounds like nerd bomber you might have had a similar similar reaction to it i'm actually looking this up right now apparently the announcers are in game and they're ai powered so i feel like that would just get annoying wow quick. yeah i don't know if i love that that brings us through the xbox partner preview i don't think we would have missed anything i think we covered all of it but uh we want to know from you again at, at online warriors one is our main show account at ow lady six at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber what were this what was the thing here that you were most excited about whether it's a game that already came out like alan lake 2 whether it is a game that we don't even know much about yet but looked cool you know hit us up let's let's start a conversation we'll take a short break now before coming back to discuss snow white and the killer that's not that sounded like it was the title of one movie and that's not what the movie is called but we'll, we'll get to those two things we'll snow be white and the killer before we do i of course would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen has supported the show for quite a while now he's supporting this show this episode brought to you in part by steven steven had input into the weekly game segment today he gets the occasional guest spot on the show he gets this producer shout out every episode and he of course gets access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog those are all privileges that he receives as a night level subscriber on our patreon there's also a squire level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment the monthly secret segment this month talks about thanksgiving amongst many other things if i recall <laughs> what that recording was like if you want access to some extra content want to learn more about us you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast say hi to us say hi to steven consider giving back to this show that hopefully you're enjoying listening to thanks again to steven we'll come right back after these messages to discuss snow white and the killer this is the gorge it's a podcast where my friend sarah and i gorge ourselves and overanalyzing a topic the body count it's in this children's movie. <laughs> it's insanely high. The reason he's able to be a good assassin is because no one would expect a gorilla to kill you. <laughs> I made the incredibly stupid decision to start Marble Hornets. And the robot says, I know where we can find your baby. It was stolen by Cap'n Crunch. He sounds like Chuck Huber. Yeah. How did you know? I was going to say that. The Gorge, three times a month, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we've talked a lot on this show in the past about live-action Disney remakes. Uh, the latest one in the pipe, or I guess, maybe not the latest one, but one of the ones that's currently in the pipe, is a live-action Snow White remake starring Rachel Zegler. Just was pushed back. It was announced on Friday that it was being pushed back almost exactly a year to March 21st, 2025. So first of all, this is a ways off. But we also got a first official look at the CGI Seven Dwarfs. Now, this is this is basically just one image that we can all kind of pull up and, I don't know, be horrified by? Is that... What in the cats is going on here? I don't know. Why did they go this way? Because I know, like... Peter Dinklage, I believe, already criticized Disney for kind of like even doing this again. And I feel like they should have leaned into... Using little people. No, 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 no. They should have leaned into, in my opinion, a more fantastical setting. Because you've got like witches and things here. And I feel like you should have... I don't, I don't know. It should stay different. dead. It, it's the, the, there's because, uh, yeah, you know, reading Peter Dinklage's comments, which are very justified. You know, he's basically like, this is... This is messed up. He's not there's, wrong. I don't. 
he's not wrong and there's no way to escape i mean it's called snow white and the seven dwarves if you want to move away from the concept of dwarves you just move away from making the movie altogether or i guess you could call it snow white and like do something else but you 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 could but at that point why even do it like just make a, a separate standalone movie you know like i just there's no reason to do this what was, i'm sure it's gonna make a gang of money but it's it's uh, it's upsetting i i know obviously this wasn't the disney remake but was Kristen stewart's was that snow white yeah. and the huntsman snow white and the huntsman i don't know what that was based on oh, i mean i, I think it was that it obviously wasn't like the disney snow white but like snow white is like a historical fairy tale like it wasn't disney's property initially like it is based off i yeah. believe like just general lore and they could have done something like that granted i know like that their shtick is recreating the movies the, like animated movies but i don't know right it's very possible that I, i've never seen snow white and the huntsman i don't know much about it it's very possible that that movie made the specific and correct choice to be like, hey, no dwarves. <laughs> I, 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 it's not a hard decision to make. I in take my back opinion. what I like said. I'm said. just now reading Peter Dinklage's. He's absolutely right. Like, be more, be better, Disney. Be better. It's just, it, it's, it's the, like, especially considering how many movies they have, how many of their animated Golden Age classics they could go back and remake, and they chose this one. And, like, I get it. This one is particularly emblematic of their golden age i think it's 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 one of the ones that has the most name recognition and and just general recognition but it should stay dead and like yes i do say that as as someone who thinks that none of these live action remakes should happen but also like i do think there are other live action remakes that they could do that would go better than this you know i i I just this one is not this this ain't it you know I, i don't know that we need to dwell on this it's just you know the image itself what is there to say they're creepy cgi dwarves that are surrounding rachel zegler in a cottage and she's in a costume and they're all cgi and like they look like cgi because they are cgi i suppose you could say that all of them have character in some way they are they are distinct but i don't need it (laughs) like like i ask this question every time we talk about these live action remakes like ostensibly these are for the next generation these are for the children of now these movies are being made but the originals still exist and they hold up in a lot of at least i think in most cases they hold up so you know if anything just re-release those i know? don't hate put the live in, action the remakes vault. but i think some of them are a little misguided yeah i mean i can understand like the lion king in particular i understand it it did well they got they brought in new vocal talent that's more current like the little mermaid you could even make an argument for aladdin you can make an argument for this one is it just strikes me as being so problematic at its base level that i don't know why you would even try you know but you know to some extent hindsight's 2020 you know the fact that i'm seeing this image and i'm repulsed by it is part of what's making me feel this way not a great look peter dinklage is in the right disney as they often are are in the wrong but it also you know it's 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 a bit frustrating to we've had a lot of conversations like this about these live action remakes and they're going to keep happening. They're going to keep making oodles upon oodles of money. And you know, us three podcast folks aren't going to be able to do anything to change that. That was bleak, but I think, I think it's the truth. It's like, these are going to keep happening. This movie is going to come out, probably going to make a billion dollars, even though it looks the way that it looks and has the problems that it has. I guess we all just need to start preparing ourselves for that. (laughs) Yeah. March something. I don't remember when it was March of 2025 is when it's coming out so yeah i've recently got delayed yeah we'll watch a trailer when it comes out and probably say more about it whether it's good or bad i guess remains to be seen in the non-disney movie realm let's talk about david fincher now now, before we get into the killer 
you, you, you guys may know david fincher for the girl with the dragon tattoo gone girl zodiac seven probably his single most famous movie curious case of benjamin button Th- this is a director that i think perhaps even more so than than other very good directors has a very specific style very specific like use of color gradients and just a definite visual signature that he puts on all the movies that i mentioned i think he's been gone for a while maybe that's wrong like i guess he was involved in making mank which i didn't see because it was during the covid era and i wasn't very interested in it he's he's kind of returning to what i think is a is his genre which is which is thriller with this movie the killer we just got the first trailer for this it is slated to come out november 10th on netflix so like very soon within like a week and a half of this episode coming out limited theatrical release october 27th so it is actually potentially out near me where i could see it michael fassbender headlining this as it seems like a self-narrating assassin i'm very interested in this for a few reasons i got dexter vibes from this you know this 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 is a methodical assassin killer self-dialogue is potentially going to be apparent throughout this movie and what i assume from watching this trailer is that this is also going to be a person this is going to be a ruthless killer who at his core has a soul and a heart and a moral code of some kind when you combine that with david fincher and michael fassbender who i think is very talented like that's all i really need and 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 i'm interested that's that i, I mean that's especially if it's on netflix for free the, the, i think the operative question is can this shake netflix out of its current issues with this these big action movies <laughs> This looked fantastic, and and one of the points that I, that I really want to draw inspiration from is there is a general curiosity to you know peering into the brain of an assassin, you know their their emotions, how they stay detached, how they get attached, and things like that. I mean that's why Barry was so critically acclaimed, for example. So I think this is going to do yes. very well. Yeah, that, that, that's a good touch point. I've never watched Barry, but I think it maybe is angling for certain things for certain similar things. You know, it's it's about a killer but the idea is going inside the mind of a killer going inside the heart of a killer wondering what drives them i hmm, my big thing i don't understand why netflix keeps spending money on these big budget things that that's really like i don't understand like this doesn't seem like something that should be on netflix i don't understand why netflix who continues to raise prices for its subscribers and has in the past that they were struggling like why are you dumping money into things like this like these action style movies and i get it people like them but at the end of the day because this is on netflix you're gonna watch this i guarantee you both of you are gonna watch this and you're gonna forget about it in six months and is that worth the investment from netflix and i think this is not a criticism of the movie the movie looks fine i don't understand what netflix is doing I don't get it. It's the right question. I mean, when, when you consider things like Heart of Stone, which I know we talked about on the podcast, the Gal Gadot spy thriller that came out and basically was nothing. And like The Gray Man, Rooster Brothers directed that movie. It had Brian Gosling and Chris Evans, two huge megastars. It came out and it was nothing. Like, I guess the question is, can David Fincher shake them out of that? And like, can this be a thing? But like, I don't think so. Because like, I, I'm not sure. I Yeah, I'm not sure. I th- Even though I'm going to watch this movie, like you said, like, I'm not sure it will because I think I agree. Is this Netflix's lane? Like, that's the operative question. And even if it is, like, even if this is a good movie, does the fact that it's distributed by Netflix and I'm watching it on Netflix mean that I'm going to forget it? Is the sheer, you know, reality of the medium of just, I'm going to stream this movie and I'm not going to own it. I'm not going to have 
a theater experience associated with it, does that predestine me to forget about it, even and if it's good? It's just on the heels of, you know, another Netflix price hike. I feel like every six months, maybe even more frequently than that, I'm getting a notification that my price is going up for Netflix. Like if I had to choose between that and this pretty expensive looking action thriller, like keep your action thriller, keep my price down low, give me very low impact, stupid reality shows like Love is Blind, which I keep coming back to. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I'm fairly certain that that most people and most Netflix users in particular would agree with your opinion. Uh, worth noting that Netflix did not produce this movie. They're just distributing it. Uh, it was Paramount Pictures that just, that produced this movie, I believe. Like, why aren't we throwing Nef- this Netflix shit? has involvement. Why aren't we throwing sure, this but... stuff up in theaters? I just don't get it. It does. Ha- well, and the, you know, it does have a quote unquote limited theatrical release. But if I, you know, if I Google right now, the killer showtimes. Yeah, I can't watch it. It's not playing anywhere near me, even though it came out this past weekend. It's when they say limited, they mean extremely limited. limited. Like it's probably playing at like art house theaters, you know. So I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a very valid question, you know. And like the question itself plays into other big questions of like why can't movie theaters figure out why can't they get their economic footing sorted out? It seems like they should be able to. Why is Netflix cutting into their business? And why are they? Yeah, why are they producing content that even if it's really good, a really good action movie or a th- really good thriller, we're going to watch it. And because it's on Netflix, we're going to forget about it. You know, it, it's it's an interesting question that I don't have the answer to. But like this movie itself. Yeah, I think it looks good. Currently has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Take from that what you will. The killer finds director David Fincher on firm footing with a stylish and engaging thriller that proves a perfect match for leading man Michael Fassbender. No audience score yet because I probably because it's in a limited release and people haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. David Fincher, I like a lot. Zodiac is like, I think, a very underrated movie. I love Zodiac. If this is if this movie is half the movie that that one is, I'm going to like it a lot. And that's to say nothing of Seven, which is probably his most popular movie. Also, The Social Network is another David Fincher movie. Yeah, all bangers. That's why this is slated to probably be pretty gosh darn good. Yeah. So November 10th, we'll have to wait and see. I also think that, like, no, anecdotally, I guess, November, mid-November is a great time for this movie to come out. Like, you're not in holiday movie mode yet. Things are feeling, like, low light and gray. And that's, like, David Fincher's whole thing. <laughs> so, like, stay inside. It's getting cold. Watch this movie. I don't know. I, I think I, this is not a summer movie to me. So I think the timing may be right for that. But yeah, November 10th, 2023. We'll see what that movie is all about. It's time for What Are You Up To Wednesday. It's the part of the show where we talk about what we've been up to. Nerd Bomber, why don't you kick us off with what you've been up to in the past week? I'll be honest. In terms of like nerdy stuff, I haven't been up to a whole lot. I haven't really watched anything new. I mean, we've continued to watch Goosebumps. I haven't really played anything new, like dabbled a little bit in Starfield, but haven't taken a whole lot of time to do that this week really even our entire weekend and i I don't want to speak for tactic but we had a very jam-packed halloween weekend so obviously it isn't halloween yet when we're recording this but you know everyone that we know seems to have been celebrating the weekend prior to halloween so friday night we had a party then saturday we had like a family halloween gathering then we had another party after that which we didn't get to until like 10 30 at night which is very late for my lit. old soul like I, I cried inside it the fun times like both great 10 30 I'm, I'm i'm asleep at 10 30 we it, got started at 10 yeah and that has not happened that's in not right many years um that's not right. then got home and then woke up early and went to a sporting event and 
then we're recording a podcast and it has been a very busy weekend for us. So that is primarily what I've been doing. And I'm sure next weekend when I have like nothing to do and I have nothing in the tank, I'll be really digging into all the stuff that I've, I don't want to say missed out on because I had a really fun weekend, but like, I feel like I need my, my chill potato time. And that includes some like Starfield and movies and popcorn and whatnot. I think after this too, you need some, you need some decompression. A nap. Got to fight. Fight the Sunday scaries by just taking some you time for the next few hours. Not that I'm in the position to give advice, but that would be the advice that I would give. I will go next, just kind of take the wheel here. And I will say that The Fall of the House of Usher is a show that's on Netflix that I watched all of. Eight episodes. I think last week I may have mentioned that I was starting it. I didn't say much about it. This is Mike Flanagan, who has done Midnight Mass, The Midnight Club, Haunting of Bly Manor, Haunting of Hill House. Spooky stuff. You know the gist. Um, you know Mike Flanagan. He he casts all the same people in his stuff. In the Mike Flanagan verse, how Fall of the House of Usher is is a very mid mid product. Yeah, I haven't seen all of his things, but I thought Midnight Mass was far better. This was fun. So so the premise of this, you know, it's it's very it takes a lot of Edgar Allan Poe short stories and poems and turns them into basically anthology horror episodes and there are eight of them and they all center around the same family the usher family and the usher family is a very rich family that has profited off of the opioid crisis so it's very current day relevant in a lot of its messages and its themes but it's weaving a lot of poe stories and actual literally verses of of poetry into its story so that was kind of cool i will say to its detriment it gets a little preachy at times where it feels like it's not justified i mean this is a show that is ostensibly a horror show that's designed to be giving you spooks for the holiday season and then midway through an episode it's like doing a lot of like ranting about current events which sometimes feels right and sometimes doesn't but overall definitely enjoyed it so i wanted to shout that out as I mentioned before, I'm continuing to play through Alan Wake. I haven't gotten a whole lot further yet, but it's a great game for this season, and I'm, I'm enjoying that. I won't, I won't get, get into a whole lot of specifics, mostly because there's not a lot to be provided yet. Um, and then finally, I'll round it out by saying that I finished the Thursday Night Murder, the Thursday Murder Club. There's no night in there. The Thursday Murder Club, which is a, the first of a series of four novels by, I believe, Richard Osman is the author's name. If you like Only Murders in the Building, this it's it's almost like i don't know which of these came first i don't know if these are just two very similar properties that have hit touch points regarding like senior citizens solving murders but very very pleasant very easy read very casual and carefree mystery i would definitely recommend it i've already purchased the second book which is called the man who died twice and i'll be reading that trying to squeeze that in before i get into my holiday season reading which typically takes me like a month and a half i probably i probably will start before thanksgiving and it'll carry me all the way through the christmas season so hoping to sneak sneak in one more murder mystery read before then but that concludes my what i've been up to so i'll i'll swing it over to technic to close us out here so I have been doing the jam-packed Halloween festivities with Nerd Bomber, but I do want to just throw in a PSA. Make your Halloween costumes, whether it be you buy most of it and then just add a little little je ne sais quoi to the costume to really take it from ordinary to extraordinary. It's really just that little bit extra. Or if you just go completely custom, make your costume your own. That's what truly makes the festivities fun. And so I'm just going to continue to encourage that. That is all. Cheers. Short and sweet. When you're partying, you're partying. Not mean. You guys are party animals. Apparently we are. But I mean, yeah. Based on this This week you are. (laughs) I will say like, I have never felt physically as old as I am as I had this weekend. Like when I woke up this morning, 
I was like, my legs and my little feet, that they hurt. <laughs> they hurt from standing so long. Oh, yeah. On top of that, I also played hockey, too. So, like, yeah, we're exhausted. I had two cups of coffee before this recording, and I can go to sleep right now. I had the afternoon coffee today, which I don't usually do. But I, in spite of the fact that it's the weekend, we haven't been partying. I've just, and I've been sleeping a lot. But it's just, I feel like it's that time of year. Wind break. I'm, I'm tired all the time. So I had the afternoon coffee and it's going to carry me through the day. It's going to be nice. I mean, this is also the type time of year where like, especially during the week, for the most part, like you might get like a little bit of sunshine, but you're driving into the office and it's dark out and you're driving home now and it's going to start being dark out, especially next week with daylight savings time. Right. We're coming up on, as I like to call it, daylight slavings. Yeah. We're going to be coming up on that. So that's a PSA for all of you. If you're listening to this, daylight savings is like this coming weekend. So I don't know, batten down the hatches in whatever way you need to. I'm looking forward to the extra hour of like either sleep or leisure time next weekend. But yeah, it, it obviously comes at a great cost. And, you know, for years now, people have been railing against daylight savings and, and not without reason. Will it ever change? Probably not. Sorry, that was, again, very bleak. But that's just a, 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 the fact of the matter. Well, someone is is, a, is Quizmeister today. It's, it's not me. me. I have a lot to prove and to gain. Atop the rankings right now, we have our lady nerd bomber. Eleven this and ten. Is how the turntables? Because I remember I started. How the turntables? I started this season on quite a bit of a slide. Tactic ten and ten. Myself nine and fourteen. Steven, three and one. So at this point in the year, as we enter November, I think every every time I play, it's a must win situation for me. So with that, uh, the floor is yours. And just bear in mind that if I lose this, I'm going to blame you. I just want to do one little note. There was a chance sure. that Illegal was going to be unable to record this episode, and he made sure to push out any other plans so that he can do this quiz and have an opportunity to crawl back. Yeah. What a guy. Familial and health obligations are meaningless to me at this point in the quiz season because I take this very seriously, guys. And I'm, thank you for bringing that up. So, Nerdbomber, uh, without further ado, what are we, what are we discussing today? All right, so we're embracing our last little bit of spookiness here, and we're talking about Anne Rice, who, if you're not familiar, she is an author. She wrote a lot of vampire, witchy, mysticals, kind of spooky horror novels. I know last week we talked about Edgar Allan Poe, correct? Fun fact, never sure heard did. of her. Really? Interview with, the, interview with the vampire. Okay. Possibly you just said that. I don't know, but... But yeah, yeah, she is a spooky, scary author. So we will be discussing some of her works in this trivia, which is, like always, Price is Right style, all numerical. You have to try to get as close as you can without busting. And for our listeners out there who are not familiar with our format, we have a lifeline system where one time per game, our valid players, valiant, not valid, valiant players, we're valid. Well, we're, also, we're also valid, valid. Yeah. get to either plus one their opponent's answer or use the answer one and here we go all right when was Anne rice's most popular book interview with a vampire published 1967 i feel like it's earlier than that but we're not talking like 18 ondos so i'm going to be what i think is a level of conservative and i'm going to say 1900 Tactic gets this one he was actually very close it was published in 1976 probably because sexism I hate that for myself. And yeah, for, for women everywhere. I mean, for, that's a, to, that's to be clear, Anne Rice like, just recently passed away like not too long ago. So she's a more current author. This is not like Edgar Allan Poe agent. Evidently. Yeah, I, I, had, I had no idea. I thought she was clearly older. So we're learning today. I'll take the L. Let's continue. So Interview with a Vampire was, was 1976. 
So Interview with a Vampire was turned into a movie starring Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and Kirsten Dunst. What was the runtime of this movie in minutes? Oof. This is so this was back when movies did not necessarily have to be two hours long. Like now nowadays movies have to be two hours long or companies won't make them. This was an hour and forty two minutes long. Which is like I feel like the mid level of, of movie length back then. So hundred and two minutes. Yeah, just we can to, do it that. Just way, to give yeah. hundred and two minutes. Just to give Tactic a a hundred and three minutes. The old you plus one it. technique and it was used to grow to veil. hundred and twenty two minutes. So it was just a hair over two hours. So yep. they Okay. I, I, you know what, Tactic, I respect the hustle. I respect the gameplay. Speaking of other novels, how many total novels has Anne Rice published? It's not as many as you'd think. It was, it was a respectable amount, but it's not that many. It was 16. That feels like too many. I, I mean, gosh, I have to say like three. Tactic officially takes this game. She published gosh. 37 novels in total. Six of That's which were so actually many, under guys. pen names. That is so many. Should have did the plus one. I just, I really thought you were wrong, obviously. Otherwise, I would have done the plus one. I'll take the L. Uh, we can continue, but I'll, I'll take the L. Yeah, so these questions don't mean anything, but I guess if you want to keep your dignity illegal, try to not get swept. Oh, the dignity is long gone, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play the game regardless. So Anne Rice is most famous, I think, for her vampire works. However, she also dabbled in witchery. AMC is actually adapting Anne Rice's Lives of the Mayfair Witches series into a television show. The first book is called The Witching Hour. How many pages are in that first book? First of all, I appreciate the term witchery as opposed to witchcraft. I think that's really Witch. good. How many pages? Well, I mean, if she was cranking out novels, writing like 37 or whatever. It can't have been that long. So I'm going to say 247 pages. Tactic. This was this was more on the lines of, of pulp fiction. No, no, because the movie was two hours. So what did you, 240? I'm going to say 312 and wait, what did you say, Legal? You were in the I two- said 247. All right. So Technic comes closer to the sweep here. You guys are both really far off, though. It was 976 pages. What is it? So she's writing 37 novels and they're all 1,000 pages. Did she, have a, did she have a life? I'm confused about Anne Rice. I'm learning so much. I mean, think about how many books Stephen King pumps out, though. And like some of his are pretty massive. I'm literally looking at Sleeping Beauties on my bookshelf right now, and it is a big boy. Yeah, that's, that's a chonker. I've never read that one. But it also, wasn't Sleeping Beauties Owen King? I believe it was his son who wrote Sleeping Beauties. I could be wrong, though. Wow. Uh, no. Now, now I just see King on the spine. Hold on. Sleeping Beauties. Oh, you're right. That was Owen King. But he also wrote it with Stephen King. Okay, that's why. Well, Both I, of them. They co-wrote I, I wish it. That had, they co-wrote well, it. Father-son exercise. I wish that had been a quiz question. Clearly, I know something about that. All right. So as Anyways. I mentioned, Anne Rice did die fairly recently. What was her net worth at the time of her death? Three dollars. Three dollars and one penny. <laughs> you avoided the sweep. She was worth sixty million dollars. It was called being it's a like nice millions. guy. That's what I did there. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I expected you to go like a billion dollars, and I was going to have to go one dollar. But I, I feel like I was in a pretty good spot either way. I'll take the non-sweep. But uh, look, that look. I mean, that was that was devastating. Now, which which one feels? Yeah, which one feels worse? Not getting swept or getting a pity non unsweep? Probably the pity. I mean, this, look, the story here is you guys are both eleven and ten now, so it, it's it's a tie game at nine and fifteen. I believe I'm probably mathematically eliminated, at least from winning, but probably also like I'm I may be mathematically confirmed to be the the biggest loser on the year. I'll have to like do the math on that. But which sucks because the 
loser prize was having to play a spooky game and like not that i want to no, do that these but lo- like the loser prizes are designed they're tailored the person they're t- okay yeah they're they're, they're tailored we'll, we'll we'll figure that out at a later date but yeah it's looking like i'm gonna be taking the taking the l here uh, which i i you know i accept humbly and with grace in the meantime before that punishment is meted out we thank you all for joining us on this episode of the online warriors podcast if you liked what you listened to or if you didn't you can head over to apple Podcasts, leave us a review hit us up on x slash twitter at the handles we mentioned a couple times in the episode and uh you know tell your friends to come hang out with us on a weekly basis and in the meantime stay safe and keep on podcasting